señores y señoras, solamente hablamos español todos los días. Escopetas, sí. escopetas, <risa> todos escopetas en uh, uh, el cine. ¿Sí? ¿O no? Uh, está, sí, está sí. bueno. Uh, so, hey, shotgun, escopetas. I think that's There how you say go. It. Oh, it is. Yeah. Talk shotguns. Yeah, man. Def Leppard, don't shoot, don't shoot shotgun. Uh, mm -hmm. I saw them uh, this past week. Very nice. Saw, Def saw Leppard. the stadium tour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Motley Crew. Dude, Molly, they, that must have been awesome, man. Yeah, they look their age. But considering <laughs> considering they've been, you know, like seriously getting after it for the last four decades, you know, Dude, go, they look like go a million bucks their, then. Go read their book, man. You, you want to talk about them in the heydays? <laughs> Holy crap, man. You know? Yeah, I mean, God. golly, some of the... I can't even remember just... You're reading that book, man, and just everything they were into doing, and you're like, how are you guys still alive? So, I could do God. a solid six months. Solid six maybe. months doing that, maybe. I, maybe. I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, maybe when you were younger. Like, are we talking about the Desert Storm era? Oh, dude. Mark Desert, Kelly, Desert you could go like seven or eight months. Dude, you oh, could run. easy. Yeah, you could run forever. Yeah. They were saying that – a year on the road with Def Leppard in the 1980s was like the unit selection. It was almost the same type of endurance you had. Dude, you know, I think that's it, 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 it's a totally separate endurance, man. It, <laughs> I mean, you're running your oh, body at a, at a drunken state, at a, oh, at a dehydrated level, mm -hmm. uh, sleep deprived, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Rick, Rick and I, uh, we, we spent a, a month one night. In uh, Fayetteville, <laughs> the down. several several times. God bless. <laughs> now I don't. I didn't want to say it, but can you imagine doing that with one arm? Oh, dude, can you imagine? No. Dude, I but, struggle doing things with with all my faculties. Simi, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But that's the term. They sounded really good. Yeah, that's passion and drive right there, man. Yeah, they're winners. If you're still doing it. After four decades, you're a winner. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing is being able to sound, you know, legit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, look at Axl Rose. I mean, sometimes he sounds good. Sometimes you're like, wow, who's this dude? Yeah. No, dude. Yeah. Axl, no way. It, when I first saw them, it was 100% you're made by the studio. He sounded mm. horrible. And yeah. I don't know that I've ever heard him since sound as good as, you know, if you want to say a studio cut. Now I get it. You're going to have a little bit of differences, but man, like you look at, use Metallica as a prime example. Dude, those guys rock in concert, yep. right? Mm -hmm. And there's no yeah. soundboard gizmos. I mean, they're trying to do everything they can for poor Axel just to make him sound good. So yeah, there's a lot of bands out there that are still, you know, musically. I mean, they're all good. Let's face it. You, if, if your songs suck and you can't write songs, you're not going to be that successful for that long but mm -hmm. so there's bands out there that are still getting after it and still sound really good journey's one of them i don't know if you've ever seen him in concert they're unbelievable well yeah. with the new i did see him with the new singer talk about yeah, incredible man yeah they sound great yeah holy but yeah well, dude they yeah they get after it man god dang you know i love shotguns i know we yes. can talk 80s and 90s music all day long and yeah, we probably will later mm -hmm. on but shotguns man mm-hmm 
And I'm, you know, I writing a couple articles on it coming up here. I'm like looking around at all these YouTube videos, these YouTube heroes, and they're like, shotgun's worthless. It's not good for anything. Home defense, blah, blah, blah. Nah, I love my shotguns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it, the guy that says it's worthless, here's my question to you. If all you have is a single shot, is that thing worthless? No. That's all you got. Right. It, it, it's like, come on, man. To To me, yes, you can sit there and go, is it, it's a very versatile tool. And I think that's the people, that's the thing that people forget the versatility in the shotgun. However, what people don't understand, they don't understand their shotguns. Yeah. You know, so you mentioned a simple thing like, uh, you run a shotgun class or something. You go, Hey man, how did your shotgun pattern? And they're like, what? And I'm like, dude, yeah. you don't know how your shotgun patterns because no two shotguns are the same. At least that's no. what I've found. You know, it's just, one of those fluke deals, let's be an honest broker, you you know, uh, not looking at a rifle barrel, but if you're just looking at a standard um, smooth bore rifle or a smooth bore uh, shotgun barrel, dude, pellets are going to go out different ways. You know, different loads are going to pattern different different ways. Do you have the ability to chain chokes in there? I mean, there's so much things when you're talking about a shotgun. And at the end of the day, my personal belief is you've got to put the work in to kind of know it. And if you don't, then you just kind of out there flapping. So, yeah. But we jump on the ARs, we jump on pistols. Here, let me show you something. Not I built this, and not everybody can afford this. This is a 300 blackout. Is that mm-hmm. with a suppressor? Is that perfect for home defense? It could be. But who the hell has the time, energy, and efficiency and money to build something like that, put it together, train with it, etc.? and understand all the parts most a lot of people grew up the shotgun was it their daddy handed them down a shotgun their their mm-hmm. grandmother had the shotgun but then when you brought that up it's like you have to understand the shotgun just as much you understand AR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100 yeah 100 but think about it you look at this day and age not all states are gun friendly especially when it comes to an ar platform i don't know of a single state and i could be wrong that has some type of shotgun restriction. I don't even think it's mentioned. So in essence, if you want to sit there and trick out your shotgun, dude, you can. I mean, uh, it might kind of brought up the question there, you know, best uh, three gun shotgun, dude, it, it kind of boils. That's a broad question. Cause you got to look at, Hey, what division you're running in? What do you need? Um, to me? Hey, the best shotgun's the one you got. But at the end right. of the day, it is probably the the one firearm that you know you can go to all 50 states and it's not going to have some type of restriction on there. So, again, think about it. If you're traveling cross-country and I've got to have one single tool to take with me, man, it's kind of a no-brainer. So, yeah. uh, just throwing it out there, I think it's just it's, it's overlooked as far as its versatility. It's overlooked as far as its capability. And then people don't really understand. They think of it because it says shotgun, uh, that it's this close defense bird hunting deal. Yeah, okay. But man, put some slugs in there. You don't think you can reach out with some slugs? 100% mm-hmm. you can. Think so. think about that, though, for a second. You know, how versatile that that gun is. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can hunt all kinds of fowl. Mm-hmm. You can hunt, you know, all kinds of deer, all kinds mm-hmm. of animals. 
mm-hmm. and you can defend yourself just by simply changing loads, you yep. know, maybe changing some chokes out and stuff like that. But I mean, that is a huge, huge benefit to a shotgun. You can do a lot of things with it. Mm-hmm. And most people, like Jason said, most people, if they're going to have anything passed down, it's going to be something like a shotgun. And even if it's like a pump shotgun, you can, pr- you can train with that and be very efficient with it and use it for multiple things. But, but here's the argument, Mark, right? It, let's look at shotguns, right? So a pump shotgun, mm-hmm. when you look at, when you look at shotguns, right? So you want to do some comparison and we'll just basically look at the pump and the semi-auto. Some semi-autos don't like to feed certain rounds. Yeah. And pumps, pumps, yeah. you can mm-hmm. feed whatever you mm-hmm. want through that bad boy. Yeah. Great. Barring point. you, barring you don't short stroke it or something like that. But again, you've got to put the time in working with it. But yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, um, my, uh, I, I know my uh, Remington 1187, you know, it's a Versamax, man. It, it doesn't, it's not super, uh, super happy with light loads. Yeah, you know, so it's like all right. Well, that's one thing I'd say is like, you have a shotgun, you have a semi, you have a pump, you have a a double barrel, you have a single barrel. Mm -hmm. You have to train with it, Mm -hmm. and that's what you know. I I've had this semi-auto Mossberg JM nine thirty tactical for years because I was going to do the three gun back in the day, and now I'm actually going to look at doing that. But I've been so adept to shooting the the Remington eight seventy or the Mossberg five hundred for you know, decades that when I started rolling with the, the semi-auto, I was like, oh, okay, I got to hit the slide release, change it, putting a single brown in there and moving with it. And the thing's huge. You know, it's got like, mm-hmm. what, nine, 10 rounds in there. And it's different. And I'm not used to training with it. But then I want to have to backtrack and say, with the shotgun itself, the 870s or the, the Mossberg 500s, I'm not used to training with that. With law enforcement, we have to pretty much fam fire once a year. And I've been doing that for 20 something years. I'm more used to training pistol and AR. Mm-hmm. So when I jump onto yeah. the shotgun platform, I'm like, huh, I better start training with this sucker. Cause I love it. Yeah. yeah. The, the biggest thing, if you're going to do three gun with your shotgun, you I won't say you have to, but it's highly recommended that you can quad reload. So in essence, you can have four shells in your hand and you can shuck them things in there very quickly and efficiently without going, oh, there's one, three fly out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right. Um, but again, you've got to have the setup for it. So if you think about, it, it was funny the other day, uh, I'm out cruising around and I see uh, old Johnny Law out there and he's got his little uh, shotgun holder on his belt. I think he had like five or six rounds in there, you know, and it's like, that's cool. But you're not really going to get a quad load out of that because it's not set up for it. So that's the biggest thing is just you've got to put the time and effort into practicing with it. And you've got to get dummy rounds. And that's the way you get good Yeah, yeah. is just practicing those loads. And, and what works best for you? You know, there's, there's a bunch of different ways to skin that cat. You know, some people are, hey, they'll do it with their left and flip it over and they can shuck them in that way. Some people are with their, hey, they're using it with their right and doing it. I mean, you've got to figure out, uh, I think is uh, one of the NBA players once said, you got to be amphibious. Got to be able to do it with your right hand or your left hand. You know, <laughs> amphibious. <laughs> you know what? But talking yeah. about right and left handed. So with the AR, I could easily, you know, you're going up to the corner, I could switch my rifle around. Same thing with the pistol. Mm-hmm. So I did one of those action shooting things about a month ago, 
was it probably about mm-hmm. a month ago when I, that's the first time I've used my, my good old fashioned 870 in a competition setting. And I had to shoot around a corner with my left hand and I'm mm-hmm. right hand. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, this is interesting. I've never done this before. And yeah. I was using target loads. And now I'm thinking, I'm like, I need to get out there and run some, you know, double law, some slug, some everything from not just my right hand, but my left hand as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it all boils down to manipulation, just like anything else. You know, it's, it's, it's not secondary to marksmanship at all. I mean, you have to le- have to learn and train with it, but let's talk about the two different type of, um, semi-autos as well. You know, you got the, um, recoil action. And then mm-hmm. you have the gas action. And I think the ones that we most talk about with the affected by the type of round that you select is the gas operated. Mm-hmm. Now you can run into some problems with the recoil operated, you know, shooting from the hip might not work all that great. Shooting around a corner, like Jason was just saying, might not work all that great. Um, if it, you don't have that good, you know, shoulder mount, sometimes it won't work as well, especially if you're just not real strong in the upper body and you're just, you know, normal fitness, but just not a big person or, or, you know, super strong or whatever. You can have some issues or laying down. You can have some issues as well. Mm-hmm. So you got to choose carefully and you got to train with it. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, you bring up a great point, Mark, you know, a lot of people are going, um, all about, Oh, I got to get me a 12 gauge, right? Or if you're going to be a man's man, I'm getting me a 10 gauge. Dude, there's <laughs> not, <laughs> dude, you, you don't want to shoot that beast. It is oh, no, brutal. No. Um, but what's wrong with the 20 gauge, man? You know, yeah. to me, to me, nothing. And cause I remember, you know, with the kids and stuff, we'll put them on a 410, right? You want to get them introduced to the shotgun, run them 410s and you would have people argue. So, uh, let's look at my kids. Uh, he had like a little Rossi combo, right? So it's single barrel, uh, 410 shotgun barrel, but then we got, you know, a 22. If that was all we had, let's say that was it. You mm-hmm. don't think we could do some business with it? Oh, yeah. 100% oh, yeah. you could. But, again, you just got to put the effort in and know what you're shooting. I ne- I don't necessarily want to launch that 410 birdshot out of there. But, dude, put me a 410 slug in there. That's right. 41 caliber coming at you. Boom. Watch out, <laughs> Dirty Harry. I'm three away. Um, you're three away. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's talk about um, when you were in the, um, the special forces, special operations forces. Mm-hmm. Yep. When it comes down to breaching and stuff, that's one thing I don't know anything about. Let's talk about those mm-hmm. types of shotguns and the rounds and, you know, what you're carrying there. And obviously you were probably not the breacher type guy, but let's the, talk about that. 100, 100% I was. Yeah. Oh, hell so yeah. It, what, was I, what was I thinking? Mark, come, come on, on, man. I'm out, there, I'm out there rolling with my little uh, 870 shorty, man. Yeah. Cut that's down what we had to, too. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty much... Um, Man, oh boy, how to be about yay big, right? So you got a pistol grip. That's all you got. No stock on it. And it's cut. I mean, that barrel length was short as anything. Mm-hmm. So in essence, it held, um, if I recollect correctly, it was three in the magazine tube. Um, it was cut down that short. And then you just never ran around with, you could have a husk in the chamber, but never put a live round because uh, too many dramas, too many guys um, in the past had AD'd their shotguns with catastrophic results. So we're basically running um, a hat and breaching round, which is basically a um, compressed. Um, I think it was uh, porcelain, wasn't it? 
porcelain Por- porcelain lead type combo but some yeah mm-hmm. I, I forget what what's all in there but long story short yeah. it's basically a slug going out but as soon as it makes contact it's pulverizing so you're not um throwing either uh buckshot or birdshot or whatever into the yeah. room so the door jam basically eats all that stuff up now in a pinch could you do it with something else yeah you could but then you're just looking at what's your collateral where are those extra right. pellets and stuff going you, you know no one knows so that was the beauty with the hat and how that whole thing came about. It just minimized um, the collateral that was potentially going into that room. And, dude, it's super effective. Uh, be careful watching some of your Hollywood movies. Uh, I think yeah. I think old Jack Carr put out his post today. You know, Navy SEALs was released today in 1990, I think, mm-hmm. if I recollect correctly. Um, hinges aren't the way to go, man. No. You know? No. So the old – he says some of that yeah. Hollywood, let me go blast the hinges, and they shoot up there, and it's like, Boom, big huge explosion. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you know where to hit on a lock, a lot of times that but, door will just slide right oh, open yeah. nice and yeah. easy. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. And then, and then typically you've got a guy standing by with a banger, you know, because you yeah. lose a little bit having a breach, depending on how many locking mechanisms you have on there. Um, deal with the problem, bang it in there, and boom. Because yeah. then it, it, the bad thing with being the breacher is then you're out of the fight because I got to roll out mm-hmm. the way. I got to go stow yeah. that shotgun, get my rifle. By the time I get in there, man, everything's all done. You're like, hmm, great. I got to breach the door. You know, <laughs> yeah. Might as well put down the welcome yeah, the, mat for you guys. <laughs> biggest mistake I ever made was uh, one shot open the first time. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, then you, you've got to do it every time then after that. Yeah. 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 So. Or, or you sit there and, and boom, you go to rack and next thing you know, you know, because you think it's going to take two and then it freaking pops open and you're not because there's got to be a slight delay. Because if you need that second one, now you've already racked it. Now you've got to kind of get your shotgun back to where it needs to be. Yeah. Um, so it, yeah, it it takes a lot of work, but it's a great tool. And again, it's it's underlooked and still used today. Oh, my God, we're still using shotguns today? Yes, we are. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. So it was cool. It had that little cleat, you know, that little cleat on the uh, the muzzle flasher and just just slam it right in there and sticks right on the door and we, doesn't move. We didn't have, Boom. We didn't have no, yeah. we didn't have no cleat. Yeah. That's yeah, an impa- cool. that, that's an impaling object. I don't want to be roping well, down next. You know, <laughs> my cleat, my I leg going. Oh, 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 man! I'm just thinking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shotguns, man. The other thing I like about them is in a law enforcement capacity. I, if you hand, I'm not going to say every police officer is can shoot an AR-15. Because mm-hmm. the mechanics of it, and I'm just saying, listen, it's, it's just like the military, the lowest common denominator. It's just like anything in life, the lowest common denominator. The pump-action shotgun is pretty self-explanatory, pretty self, you know, you could, you could load around in there. And you could load buckshot, you could load slugs, you could load the round for the situation. And nine or eight or nine 32 caliber pellets heading towards someone. Is going to be pretty damn effective. Yeah. Well, I, I I'll agree with you, Mark. I'm going to let you put your comment, and then I'm going to put mine in. Yeah, that that I was going to say. You still have to uh, you still have to put them on target. I've seen people yeah. completely, you know, mm-hmm. miss and and all that other stuff. But you know, you are right. If you hit them with half of that load, it's going to be devastating at certain ranges. But if you don't know your spread, then you get beyond a certain distance and yeah. you're just not confident. You don't know those things. There's a good possibility. You are going to miss with the majority of those pellets. So you got to train with them. Go ahead, Rick. Sorry about that, buddy. 
No, you're good, man. It, it, I was just saying, when we start looking at the, the law enforcement community, you got to think now the shotgun opens up, you know, and, and this is where, at least for me, Jason, <clears throat> and again, I am not an LEO by trade for anyone listening, but it's just my observations. Um, the thing with the shotgun, in my opinion, from the LEO world, is it's a very versatile tool. Okay. So it's set up where it can be, yes, lethal, but it can also be non-lethal. Yeah. And, and there's been issues because granted, depending on, oh, yeah. on departments and stuff like that, you know, sometimes they've got orange stock, stuff like that, but a shotgun, just use a regular shotgun, will fire whatever shotgun munitions it has, whether yeah. it's lethal or non-lethal, it doesn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's up to that person holding the shotgun going, hey, man, you got non-lethal in there? And, and it's happened where guys have thought they were shooting non-lethal and they had lethal rounds in there and kill guys. So yeah. it, it's, to me, it, I understand what you're saying. You know, you can get people to run it, sure. But to me, there's a lot higher learning curve with the shotgun in the aspect of when I grab an AR, I know that's a deadly force tool. If I'm the guy tasked to go grab the, you know, shotgun in a non-lethal, you know, load capacity, you better hope that his stuff's straight. So, yeah, absolutely correct. 100%. And it all comes down to training and familiarity and um, having your wits about you, just awareness, because I can tell you right now, I, we have personal, experience where someone that I know had that very same deal, very mm-hmm. same deal. Luckily, nobody was hurt. Luckily. Yeah. So, but it, yeah, it, it's one Great of those point. you've got to, yeah, you, you got to have a good SOP. Yep. Where is my non-lethal? Where are my lethal rounds? How am I carrying it? And you've got to know 100% what am I putting in there? It all visibility. You can't sit mm-hmm. there and go, Hey man, it's three o'clock in the morning. Hey, bring up the non-lethal. Boom. Yeah, I just, launched, I just launched a slugging old boy. Oops, my bad. You know, well, I thought you it was, know, this us, around, you know, this brings us down to something we talk about. I think every episode is training. Mm-hmm. You know, that five rounds we have to get on target every year as a Fed, it's not effective. No, and we don't use non-lethal. I mean, some agencies, I'm sure they do. Uh, mm-hmm. My agency doesn't. And if you're a police, how much training are they doing? One with the non-lethal and two with the lethal. Mm-hmm. Is it like a fam? Is it like, you know, once a year? Is it you just have to yeah. qualify with it once and then get stuck in a trunk and you just kind of have it there? It all yeah. comes down to training. And that comes yeah. down to the civilian market as well. The civilian mm-hmm. world, not just the market, because I know we sure. all like to train. Yeah. But it comes down to training. And that what? comes down to dry firing. That comes down to just a basic understanding of the actions. The safety mm-hmm. on a Mossberg 500, I could use my thumb up top. Mm-hmm. The safety on a Remington 870 is down by the trigger well. The mm-hmm. slide releases are different. Yep. Shotguns are all different. A mm-hmm. double barrel opens up differently than some single barrels. There's so many different things. So whatever that weapon system you're going to use, whatever that firearm you're going to use, understand it and dry fire. Just dry mm-hmm. fire. Yeah. And make sure you don't have any ammo next to you because it's not a good thing. No. Yeah, well, in some of these smaller departments, you don't have. I'm sorry, buddy. I just no, you wanted to point out what Jason was saying about the different types of guns and different manufacturers operate differently. They're going to take whatever they can get, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame them. But again, you have to train. You you might be pushing on the side of that trigger guard all day. Oops, it's on my thumb on top of the mm-hmm. right at the uh, end of the stock. You know what I'm saying? So again, these guys are going to take whatever they can get, you know, especially if it's in good shape or brand new or a demo gun that they got from a manufacturer, but you got to train with it. Cause you could run into something like that. It gets you killed. 
Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100% yeah. will. Especially, so. like you said, if, if you're running mixed breeds across the department, right. what do I got? Yep. And especially if they're um, pass-me-off guns, right? So if they're mm-hmm. going, hey, man, you're just getting off a shift and, hey, here's what you got. Well, I've always used to run in the 870. What you know? Now you give me what's this Mossberg thing, you know? So no one, yeah. 100%. But, um, or he doesn't, he doesn't check it, you know, because he figured the guy just had it and he doesn't realize that it's a different model. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it could be that simple and that quickly go south on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and then one other point too, from the LE side, uh, you got to think you've got gas capable with your shotguns as well. So how are you stowing? And yeah. I've seen, I've seen dramas before. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, where, where people are getting twice. Where people are getting <laughs> not me personally, but I was there. Yeah, but they're getting smoked oh, out dude. of their own wagon, right? Because, oh yeah. Hey, they got the shotgun in the back. Rounds are just flapping around, and somehow <laughs> something, because God knows yeah. there's nothing in that trunk, right? Oh, God, some something in that trunk, you know, pops one, two, three of them. Uh, see a shotgun rounds, and they get mm-hmm. pulling over, going, "Man, I'm dying." It's like, dude, it, it all goes back to. It, to me, it's it's that tool that you, you know, out of anything that you're going to have, you've got to have organization. You've got to go, hey, where are my, you know, gas rounds? How are they sealed? Am I keeping them in the box? You know, are they just rolling yeah. around? Um, uh, all that. Inspect them? Oh, that's a concept. You know, how yeah. long they've been sitting yeah. in the trunk? Um, but, yeah, it's just it, there's so much to it. And I don't think you're – and I don't say this to, to be mean or anything, but I don't think your average person – is thinking about that at the shotgun. They're thinking, yeah, that's what grandpa used to slap on the shoulder to go bird hunting. Right. Man, mm-hmm. you've got, you've got some options with that bad boy. Yeah. And you know, as much as I, I used to never be a proponent of this whole competition stuff until I started doing it. And Mike brought up the, uh, now I'm like, Oh shit. I'm, what's when's the next competition? But mm-hmm. Mike brought up the best three gun. And you know, if you get into these things, let's say it's not three gun, let's say it's skeet. Let's say it's anything where you're going to be out there and getting used to using that firearm under some sort of pressure simulated Mm -hmm. or not, it's going to be great for you. Great experience of getting Mm -hmm. used to it and understanding the loads you're using, target loads, get out to the range, practice with buckshot, practice with slugs, Mm -hmm. but get used to using it. And I would say anybody can do these competitions. You don't Mm -hmm. have to be like a master level. I'm going in there and I'm screwing up. I mean, who cares? But that's the thing, Jason, right? Go with what you have. And and here's the thing. Nobody's going to laugh. Nobody's going to chuckle. Nope. Everyone's everyone's so worried that, hey, when you show up to a match and, okay, you pull out grandpa's single shot, it, n- nobody's going to say anything. They might go, <laughs> you might be a little slow, right? But, but nobody's going to sit there and bust on you. Um, or same thing if you come up with the, with the pump action. Nobody's going to say anything yeah. to you. And that one, I did a, yeah, I got to jump in here because this is one thing is I, I went to this competition a couple weeks ago. Action mm-hmm. is, yeah, I don't know what the hell it's called. I'll post it sometime. Anything that's got action sh- in it, it just raises action. that excitement yeah, up a little bit. Yeah. But <clears throat> guys are showing up with revolvers and double barrel shotguns. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome to see yeah. someone try to run courses with a double barrel and a pistol, man. Mm-hmm. And a revolver. But like Rick said, if that's what you have and that's yeah. by your nightstand, why in the world wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you give me a reason why I want to get a better time? Yeah, but you're not going to grab your competition gun. If something goes bump in the night, you're going to grab grandpa's side by side. That's right next to your nightstand. So why wouldn't you every now and then bust that thing out and see what you can do with it? Well, let's talk about time. Who cares? You're, you know, what? 
the first 10, I'm on my like fifth or sixth competition now. I'm not going to worry about time time until I'm probably about 15 or 20 into this thing. Mm. And who cares about time? Just go there, (laughs) have fun, understand it, do different scenarios and just have a damn good time because that's really all it's about. Well, I, I'm going to say this, Jason. I'm I'm about having a good time, but I'm going to steal it as a training opportunity yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I know you're running the GoPro, you know, kind of point of view um, camera, but I would hand somebody my phone and have them record my run. Just go, hey, what's my footwork look like? Because, yeah. you, you know, you're not necessarily catching that from the GoPro, but that's what my whole purpose and, and I'll date myself when I first started this thing. Our, uh, let's say our video equipment was this big box. You have <laughs> 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 oh, but, yeah. but you're out there running around with your big old VHS camera there. But that was the whole point, you know, for me wanting to get into it was how do I make myself better? Yes, I want to sit there and have fun. And trust me, it, did I have all the Gucci gear? Uh-uh. I had the old school um, nylon Eagle leg rig, you know, awesome. did it, did anyone say anything? <laughs> nope. You know, jump suit on. Yeah, but you know, I actually, and that's the other <laughs> thing about people being friendly at these competitions. I only post the GoPro stuff, uh, but you hand your phone. I have all the video. I hand mm-hmm. someone my phone and that's one thing I did. I noticed my foot movement while I'm doing it. It feels like I'm going fast. But then mm-hmm. when I looked at it, I'm like, damn, dude. <laughs> what the hell is that? And that's why, yes, the people there at these friendly thing, they'll take your phone. Anybody will video for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've learned a lot off of those videos so far. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, go ahead, go, buddy. All right. I'll go, I guess. You know, you guys uh, been together so long that <laughs> you're just, you're probably going to repeat each other's sentences soon. You're like, well, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 here's the thing. I, I would just say, do this as well. Like, depending who you have in your squad, video somebody else as well. Like, if you notice a dude that's got good footwork, just video him and, and you kind of get an idea to go, all right, hey, when he's shooting a certain way, how's he loading up to, to set up so he can get out of that box quickly? You know, just little tips and tricks like that that you might not even be thinking about but again it's all it all comes down to yes you're having a good time but at the end of the day you still want to sit there and go how can i be as efficient and effective as i can and setting yourself up just the way you run you know how you have to get in and out of a box does it make sense to run a target array left to right right to left so that now if i'm coming here i'm already set boom i can go off um and work things that way so yeah yeah yeah, I just started doing um, short movements like on my rocks. I'll do a little quick jogs and stuff here and there. Like when I'm out with the dogs, I'll be running from tree mm-hmm. to tree. Stupid shit, but it's just getting my getting <clears throat> used to understanding it. Well, it, it's that quick little burst. But really, what you want to set up is as soon as that plant foot hits, how can I get set up? It doesn't matter where that support leg is. How am I set up to be able to break a shot? That's really the key. Mm-hmm. So when you're going, boom. I'm moving into box, whatever, man, if that right foot hits and I'm planting that gun driving out, wherever that support leg yep. is, sights are on, take the shot. So it's, it, there's so much to it, man, when you really start digging into this thing. And like you said, you're hitting the key point is you're out for your little ruck. Cool, man. How can I train constantly training? What a novel concept, man. I know. I'm not, mm-hmm. only, I'm not only getting physical fitness, man, but I'm getting a little firearms training as well. They're like, 
where's your firearm at? It's like, dude. Uh, yeah, okay. All good. You know what I carry? I when I'm rucking, I usually carry a, and my full size uh, Geisley um, AR-15. I carry my um, I carry my Walther PDP. Nice. And I carry a bayonet um, for my Walther, and I also tourniquet? carry a shotgun, a tourniquet, seven tourniquets. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I carry. <laughs> I mean, that's what I mean. Yeah, I carry me. Hey, yeah, Rick's. I carry me. That's all I need. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think got these, are, you know, I the, got these bad boys right here. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> if anybody weapons. like saw that post I had tonight, I you got you have to watch that Chuck Norris little clip I had with the Chuck Norris shotgun thing I just put mm-hmm. up. He's got the one-handed semi-auto shotgun, and he's like, oh, hell yeah. shit down. This is after he was like, you know, injured, and he's coming back. He's got his mm-hmm. forty-four Magnum or it's three fifty-seven. He's got his one-shot, one-handed shotgun. Chuck Norris, man. Oh, God, dude. You know, one thing I wanted to mention about the shotgun, just before we move on to something else, if you want to get your kids involved in in, uh, shooting sports or just learning how to handle a shotgun, these youth league skeet competitions, you talk about well-managed. There's a lot of competitions. It's sponsored by a lot of different people. You can go out there. You can use a club gun, you know, and they're usually pretty good. And these kids are freaking dead eyes, bro. I mean, they are burning them clay pigeons down like they're, they're nothing. And they're having a blast. And it's a bunch of kids out there. And there's always a, someone who's the first time they've ever handled a shotgun or even a gun in general for that matter. And, man, they just have a blast. And the confidence level just goes up and then they want to keep coming back. That's a way to do it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they'll have, you know, introduction days where they bring new kids out. And there's some really good – Good shots out there. Yeah, and, so, and, ahead, and on 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 that mark, uh, I'll get to the street sweeper here in a second. But oh, on that, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. on, on that mark, though, <clears throat> excuse me. That, like I said, that Rossi um, twenty two four ten combo man. That thing mm-hmm. was the bomb. So I, mm-hmm. I I would highly recommend. Hey, if you've got a young and that you're looking to get into it, it gives you the versatility. And the thing is, you yeah. can get all kinds of different barrels for that thing. But yeah. the nice thing was the stock was nice and short for the kids. So as a first little shotgun, boom, they got that. But then, boom, you also got, you know, 22 in there. So it gives yeah. them that versatility across the board. But um, yeah. start them young, man. Get them introduced yeah. to it. And, and those clubs, they, man, they focus on the safety aspect because, you know, mm-hmm, safety mm-hmm. violations and all that stuff. It's just gr- oh, yeah. it's a great program. And they're all they're all over the place. And the kids mm-hmm. just love them. Yeah, yeah. Destro- now we got to hear about the street sweeper, dude. You don't remember the street sweeper? Yeah, is that the? Uh, it's almost like a revolver one, right? No, no, no. So you had the uh, you had the judge, which was a revolver that that took yeah. the uh, <clears throat> the four ten rounds. But the street no, sweeper was that. It was yeah, about the, yeah, the black one had the folding stock drum magazine. Yeah, that's what that, I mean the drum magazine. Yeah, that the federal government thought was some yeah. weapon of mass destruction in the day. I couldn't have one. So I think you can still, I think they're still legal if I recollect correctly. Um, but it's funny because this day and age you're seeing, dude, you want to talk about some semi-auto shotguns. Let's talk about having a semi-auto shotgun that's got like a 20 round magazine mm-hmm. and they're, oh, yeah. they're not even doing, you know, trying to load into, into the magwell. It's like just straight swapping magazines. I yeah. Mean. Yeah. So yep. <clears throat> you've seen, I mean, you've seen kind of an evolution in shotguns. So, 
Um, back to Mike's question, you know, the best three gun, dude, it, it kind of boils down to what, how, how deep are your pockets? Yeah. Because if you, if you want to get something Gucci, it, it's going to yeah, cost Not you everybody's like Dr. Jason Piccolo. No, listen, I got that JM. <laughs> I got that JM uh, Pro Tactical or whatever it was probably about five years ago. Mm-hmm. And this is when I first came out with it. And it was kind of like, hey, you know what? It was 630 bucks for a semi-auto. And it was it was good to go. It's still good to mm-hmm. go. I just, um, I, tra- I swapped out the um, stock because I like the pistol grip stock. Mm-hmm. I added a, a side saddle on it. And I'm going to get the um, the slide release. I'm going to put a, a lever on it rather than just a push button. Mm-hmm. But other than well, that, so I mean, hey. How, how's, the lifter, how's the lifter on it? Because I'm not getting chopped up. I mean, load was great. And that's the thing about these JR, the uh, JM tacticals. It's Jerry Mm -hmm. Mikulik. Yep. They actually make them a little bit better than their normal Mm -hmm. uh, semi-auto. So, I mean, it's not bad. Yeah. And, and, I mean, you're starting to see some of these manufacturers actually produce, if you want to say three-gun ready, for lack of better terms, um, shotguns, which is nice. So, you're not having to dump a whole bunch of money into it. But... To me, probably the biggest thing is just looking at whatever shotgun you have. You probably need to look at getting a new lifter for it. And for those of you that aren't familiar with what the lifter is, basically, <clears throat> excuse me, it's that uh, for the most part, it's usually a stainless piece that where you're loading your magazines in through the tube, which now when it releases from the magazine tube, it goes onto there and lifts up uh, into the chamber. But for whatever reason, the design was it had a u-shaped in there so again a lot of times when your thumb was going in there depending on your thumb size that you would want to sit there and bite your uh mm-hmm. your thumbnail <clears throat> and guys figured out hey man if we make this thing one solid piece you're not getting bit and just, boom easy to quad load and off you go versus sitting there with your thumb stuck <laughs> going man it's caught my shotgun give me a second here you just burn time so yeah yeah Let's jump in. Anybody out there uh, that's listening, if you have any questions or comments, um, just drop them in the uh, comment section. We'll answer them. But yeah, I'm, I'm digging the shotgun, man. I'm looking for yeah. more training. You know, and why there's not? not there's not a whole a bunch out there. No, no, there's not, not at all. But the the cool thing, um, <clears throat> you know, new shotgun training. There's so much versatility to it. I mean, I've gone out there. And it's like, hey, guys, check it out. Towards the end of the day, we got the uh, the hand thrower, and we're busting pigeons. Yeah. Right? Because that puts a whole nother dynamic into tracking targets. So mm-hmm. pe- people can sit there and go, all right, you know, is it going to work, not work? Um, but it just adds some versatility. Now you're actually tracking targets in there. And, oh, by the way, you know, people have fun. So, um, or you just sit there and put clay pigeons up on, on the burn, man. Let them go yeah. burn that stuff down. But it, but it's easy because unless, I mean, if you're trying to pattern, yes, you've got to have paper. And you've got to do it at certain distances. But then after that, man, you can pretty much run all steel and just have a shindig of a time. So mm-hmm. all depends what the range has, you know, versatility. And then just knowing. Yeah. I think the key thing at the end of the day is knowing what's the capability of that shotgun. And then if it is something where you've got chokes you can swap out. Are you actually swapping them out? So you know, I got to get away from the city. I'm right outside of DC and Virginia. <laughs> I need to have some land, so I can just go throw some like old washers and dryers out there that piss me off, and TVs, and shoot the shit out of them with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. That's all. I want. That's now, what I want. In life. <clears throat> you know? it, it, here's 
let me help you out. You don't need to put your rubbish out there, right? Let's be environmentally <laughs> friendly. What I'd recommend, what I'd recommend oh, is that yeah. you get you some grizzly steel. You can use code mm. Warhog10, save you 10%. Oh, grizzly steel. What am I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> and just listen you to just that leave stuff. it out there. Yeah. I better yeah. get that yeah. warhog.com up there. There it is. <laughs> See? Or head over there and use, Was it? what's the code for grizzly steel? Uh, Warhog10. I think Warhog blank blank is the uh is where no because we got we got otr you know here's here's your best bet is just go to warhog.com industry industry partners page or you can go to kellydefense.com um hit the industry partners page and you will save listen to me a boatload that's right a boatload (laughs) titanic's worth (laughs) of titanic's worth of cash (laughs) that's where it's at man yeah that then you can use to go uh you know, spend more money at somebody else. I'm going to start using that at Titanic's load worth of cash. That's going to be my new thing. That's a boatload. Uh, Who's coming up on the honor age podcast? Uh, Right now, you guys got a couple in the hopper. Yeah, we got a couple. It's just, it's like anything else. It's trying to get people iron. Oh, Mark, just give me the finger. What you got? We got a pretty exciting episode, Rick. You want to tell them about it? We're going to, it's going to be a series of episodes, probably one. And I yeah, think yeah. I think everybody's going to enjoy this. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to start uh, dabbling. <clears throat> excuse me. Into granted, not in the blood. But oh, Jack Carr. yeah. Um, Our good friend Jack Carr. Yeah, buddy. So we're going to start doing um, a terminal lists podcast. So what we're looking to do is uh, to break down James Reese, his workbench. Uh, in the yeah, garage, that's gonna be the first one. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, break that down. Yeah, it, as much as you stuff. Can, as much as we can, kind of pull from the pictures and stuff like that. Um, we might have to hit Jack up because uh, we're gonna get him back on and just go, hey man. Because let's be an honest broker. Any of the books on there, it's got something that's his derivative, mm-hmm. um, and just do some do some comparisons. So uh, I'll let one little cat out of the bag. Uh, so for example, the uh, the Vicker series. I don't have them. They're not out of my workbench, right? Because if they're out there, they're probably going to have fingerprints and mm-hmm. grease and oil and everything else on there. So personally, I wouldn't have them out there. Uh, James Reese wanted to have them out there. Uh, not the place I'm probably looking at them, but um, yeah. So we're just going to break that down a little bit. So that'll be a, a, I think that'll be a good one. So yeah, see if we can't take a, a sneak peek uh, into his safe there. Probably, you know, we might chew on that one. <laughs> uh, but we, we got a bunch of things, but we're going to dabble into that. And if guys haven't seen the terminal list, oh boy, man, you're missing out. Um, you know, uh, definitely. And as you know, I got in a little hot water with, with Jack's publicist because the first I saw a tweet come out by Chris Pratt that morning saying, "Hey, I'm doing a terminal list." Mm-hmm. So I, I uh, hit up Jack. I'm like, "Hey, can you do a quick interview?" So I remember I walked down onto the National Mall and skyped him for like five mm-hmm. minutes, saying, "I'm like." Jack, you just won the uh, the Super Bowl. Your your book's coming to <laughs> the screen. So that was the first interview with him when he found out that they're making it into a in this actually with the awesome. green light. So I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is awesome. But I highly recommend well, everybody, you know, check oh, it out. Man. Yeah. So it, it's funny when we had him on the show. Um, the Devil's Hand was coming out, and it was supposed mm-hmm. to be talking about that. Jack didn't care. He was pumped about the terminal list and. I'm sitting there going, all right, that's cool. 
And <laughs> because, because here's, here's the thing, I'm not a, yeah. I'm not a super big fan of the Hollywood things, right? I, I just yeah. I'm not just the drum behind all that crap. Um, but now I know why he was excited. And oh, dude. to get a little more detail, um, I think they had just gotten done shooting um, the tunnel scene. And I'm really not letting mm-hmm. any cats out of the bag. Nah. Uh, so he had like been running all night. So he was like running on empty when we had our interview with him. So, uh, but yeah, we're going to get him back on. And here's the thing, man. We're probably going to talk Magnum PI. I love Magnum yeah. PI. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to, he's a huge Magnum PI fan. Yep. Yep. So I thought, you know, here's my, uh, I try to pull his recollection. I thought for the terminalists, um, have you seen the sunrise was the Magnum PI. Cause he, he makes a, uh, yeah. a note that each one he's got, some type of Magnum PI reference in there. It's like, was it, did you see the sunrise? He's like, no, it's not. I'm like, oh man. I'm like, all right. So, and that's yeah. one thing I like about it too, is like a lot of the first blood references in there as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Well, everybody, I appreciate everybody joining us tonight. Oh, and I have my new podcast becoming the protagonist on. Yes. Yes. So you all are welcome to come on to that one. And that's going to be a little more different centric. Yeah. It's, so it's, why, don't, uh, why don't you tell the why don't you tell the viewers, listeners a little more about it, Jason? What is the protagonist? <laughs> it's the hero of the story. You are the protagonist, and basically, it's a um, it's just a new podcast, and it's going to be a little bit more about improving yourself, uh, physicality, shooting, everything. But it's not really going to be law enforcement or military centric. Anybody can watch it, civilians alike. Anybody, it's going to be more about just becoming the protagonist of your story of your life. Get motivated. So, so what you're saying is if you just get one percent better each day yeah. at what at whatever you're looking to do, <laughs> <laughs> you will become the protagonist. I am the protagonist. <laughs> uh, well, gentlemen, awesome. I do appreciate you yeah, as buddy. usual. I'm looking forward to our next show. What do you think we gotta think about something? I do want to do a show about these. Let's take a look here. We got this uh SIG P three twenty unloaded. Yeah. So I just flag my face with the uh, little red dot. Got my Walther with the red dot. And then I got this good old fashioned Sig Legion. I threw a red dot on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to do a, I want to do a little, co- little conversation about, you know, red dots, optics, all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Really? And I need one of those. You just need the aim point acro. Actually, I really can, do. And, and you can use code. Uh, oh, what, Warhog, what Warhog five and save you five percent with Aimpoint. <laughs> Warhog five, Warhog five. Yeah. Hey, and yeah, Aimpoint, retail is for suckers. I'm, I'd be yeah. more than welcome if Aimpoint's watching us, listening to this or whatever. I'll, I'll take one and look at, review it for you, gentlemen. Thanks again. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, buddy. And everybody out there, make sure you check out On the Range Podcast, Becoming the Protagonist Podcast, and the Protectors mm-hmm. Podcast. Thanks. Yeah. All right.